Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Good morning. It's good to see everybody after Christmas. I hope you all had a tremendous Christmas Day as we celebrated the birth of Jesus and opened up all our goodies. Hopefully you got what you wanted. If you can open up your Bible to Psalm number 90, Psalm number 90. It is awesome when we can come together a couple times a week to get into God's Word as a body of Christ. There's so much God wants to tell us, and we don't, I, including myself, I don't think we avail ourselves enough to God's Word to allow Him to speak to us through His Word. You know, He's a God outside of time that intervened in our time became one of us so we could identify with him. So we don't have to be in doubt about who our God is. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, him and the Father are one, the Holy Spirit, three persons in one God. And he always wants to speak to us. He always wants to tell us things that are appropriate for our time. And as we look at this Psalm 90. We're just going to look at a couple verses, and then I'm going to go through some of the supplemental verses throughout Scripture. But if you read with me uh, verse 12 of Psalm 90, it says, So teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Dear Father, as we get into this verse today, and the verses that you've put on my heart, I just pray today, Lord Jesus, as we end a year and get ready for a new year, that there'll be a a kickstart, a new start in the hearts of the people that are here. That they would draw closer to you as you draw closer to them. And today, Lord, just fall on this place and just reveal those things in your word that you want us to know. And we just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what does the Lord have for us today? That is a great question. The title of today's message is Reflections on the Past and Anticipation of the Future. And as you can see behind me, there's a countdown timer. And that's about how much time is left before the new year gets here. That's the countdown timer. Ticking away. It's already passed. It's right now present. And then here comes the future and it's gone. Bang. It's out of here. That fast. That quick. Like to go to the first slide, guys, on the PowerPoint if we could. Now, be honest. How many of us or how many of you have made New Year's resolutions in the past? Be honest. 
You don't want to start the new year off with a lie. <laughs> now, they took a survey, and you can see the top three most common New Year's resolutions for this last year that's almost over. <clears throat> and you can see 37% said, let's eat healthier, let's get more exercise, and save more money. How many of you hit all three of those in 2018? Okay. So only two people have to repent for lying before <laughs> the ball drops. Well, I looked up the origin of New Year's. And it's a religious origin. I don't know if any of you knew that. I didn't. About 4,000 years ago, the Babylonians made promises to their gods at the start of each year that they would return borrowed objects and pay their debts. A similar practice occurred in ancient Rome. After the reform-minded emperor Julius Caesar tinkered with the calendars and established January 1st as the beginning of the new year around 46 B.C., it was named for Janus, who you see right up here behind me, a two-faced god whose spirit inhabited doorways and arches. January had special significance for the Romans, believing that Janus symbolically looked backwards into the previous year and ahead into the future. The Romans offered sacrifices to the deity and made promises of good conduct for the coming year. Well, you know, when I was looking at Janus, this guy could never lend me a hand. And who wants a two-faced God? How many of you have two-faced friends? Can't really count on people with two faces. But our God, shown to us <clears throat> through Jesus Christ, shows us that he's the way, the truth, and the life. Now we know in about 24 hours, or a little less, I guess, closer to, th or a little more, 36 hours, <clears throat> there's going to be revelers beginning to celebrate New Year's Eve in Times Square. This practice started about 112 years ago, in 1907 that the New Year's Eve ball made its maiden descent from the flagpole atop one Times Square. Now, I don't know if you know this. The ball is about 12 feet wide. It weighs about 12,000 pounds. Imagine if that didn't come down easy, how people would start their New Year. Ooh. About 3,000 pounds of confetti will be thrown from about seven different buildings in Times Square. As I said, the title of this message is Reflections of the Past and Anticipation of the Future. Do you ever look back and wonder if you made different decisions what your life would be like today? I think we all have, right, to some extent. Regardless if you're young or old, you, you, know, you reflect back. What would it have been like if I did this? Can you think of two or three situations that might pop into your head right now 
that you're thinking about? That if you made a different decision? Well, I have great news for you. God in his love book, the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, covers everything that's ever been on our heart or will be on our heart. And in Jeremiah 29, 11, he says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. So the God of the Bible wants the best for us. He's determined that. It's his will for us. Now that doesn't mean we won't go through trials and tribulations and things like that. But he also tells us about looking back in Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not understand it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Now, maybe you're here today and you feel like you've been in a wilderness. You feel like you're parched and dry spiritually. Well, you're in the right place. It's a place where God's word is taught. It isn't compromised. Word by word, verse by verse, through the whole Bible, you get the whole counsel of God over a period of time if you avail yourself to it. In Philippians 3.14, It says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, you can't press on by going backwards. Press on is moving forward. We all want to move forward as we start another day. doesn't matter if it's another year. I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Can you remember the highlights of 2018? Just think about it. Reflect on that. Can you remember the highlights of this past year? How about 2010? Can you remember the highlights of 2010? Let's go back even further. How about 2000? Pick out two or three highlights of the year 2000. How about 1995? We won't go back any further. But I think if we think of those years, some things will stand out. Probably birthdays, right? We always know the birthdays of our loved ones. We think of anniversaries, weddings. uh, Maybe someone that you really loved passed away. So you know those dates. They're They're embedded in your heart. God wants us to look ahead. He doesn't want us to look back. There's a scripture that says, put your hands on the plow and just keep moving forward. Don't be looking back. Because as soon as I look back plowing, I can go off that straight line. Well, you and I can do that too. In our lives, when we look back and get bogged down by maybe mistakes or sins, or indecisions, or bad decisions. But Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. All things, not just some things, but all things. 
Bad things, yes. Good things, yes. Indifferent things, yes. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So, if you're here today and you love God and want to have a, and have a relationship with him or want to have a relationship with him, all those things that have taken place in the past have brought you to the point you're in today. Everything. Even the things that you can't remember anymore. Well, we don't want to reflect back. We want to move forward. We want to anticipate. And it wasn't too long ago that you, doesn't matter your age, or your grandchild, or your child, or a niece, or a nephew, had this expression on their face. They anticipated what was in that package, what was in that gift. And it doesn't matter how old you get, when you get a gift and you're taking the wrapping off, that that feeling of excitement. There's a man who, on Christmas morning, opened up his gifts with that anticipation. Later that night, he wrapped up all his gifts again. And the next morning, when he woke up, he took the packaging off, just like he did the day before. But it wasn't the same. He couldn't duplicate the feeling that he had when he didn't know what was in that package. Now, what do you anticipate? You might be anticipating something today or next month or six months from now or a year from now. Could be a birthday. Could be a graduation. Could be a driver's license for the young people. Could be going off to college. Could be work, going to work, going military, turning 21, getting engaged, getting married, promotions, raises, newborn babies, grandchild. That list can be anything that you anticipate. And that's a neat thing. How about during the holiday season? Depending on when it started for you. I know for my wife, it starts the day after Christmas. She starts looking for things for the following Christmas. I don't know if any of you are like that, but Maria is just like that. She looks for those sales, those discounts, stores it away for the next holiday. But some of the things that you say or, or hear during the holidays is, are you ready? Did you get all your shopping done? I can't wait. It's here. Next year. Now, wonder if we took some scriptures and put it into those statements of anticipation or, or reflection. How about, are you ready? Just that, are you ready? Today, if you hear his voice, don't be stubborn. React to it. Did you get all your shopping done? How about count the cost? Hopefully, moms and dads, we counted the cost, right, before we took the plastic out. But do we count the cost? Are we ready for the next thing that God has on our calendar, on your calendar? I can't wait. Well, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. We put things based on a watch or a calendar. 
But yet one day when we're in heaven, there's no time. Eternity has no time. It's forever. Next statement. It's here. Do you anticipate the day that Jesus says to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Is that how you live each day? So one day the Lord says to you, hey, well done, my good and faithful servant. Come on in to the place I prepared for you before the foundation of the world. It goes by so fast. Life is a vapor. Life is a vapor. Just think of those memories of 1995 or 2000 or 1980. How important they were then, but how important they are right now. Next year, the resolution that I break in three days, next year I'll get it. Well, Luke 12.20 says, but God said to him, fool, this night, your soul will be required of you. This night, I'm taking you home. I'm taking you out of a time and place into an eternity. I said, wow, what am I doing this for? (laughs) Now, did you ever notice on tombstones or they have the date of your birth, and the date of your death. And you can live 60, 70, 80, 90 years, and all they do in the middle is that little dash. (laughs) The heck is that? (laughs) Think about it. Anyway, when you're born or when you die, what about that dash? There's a lot of stuff on that dash for all of us, right? There's a lot of things that went on on that little dash. But boy, how important is it that as we look at this verse in Psalm ninety twelve, Lord, so, based on everything that's going on, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Because of all these things, so, so, Lord, you need to show me. You need to open my eyes, open the eyes of my heart. Open my eyes to see eternity and the temporariness of this life. But you need to teach. You need to teach me. In Psalm 86, 11, it says, teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. And that unite means give me a singleness of heart. Give me your heart, Jesus. Give me your eyes and ears. Let me hear and see things like you do. Let me have that unity with you, Lord. Teach me your way so I can number my days to make them More than just a dash, right? More than just that dash. Make it some quality time. You know, there's that, I'll paraphrase it, that, you know, life on this earth is soon past. What we do for Jesus lasts. 
That's really all there is. Because think of those highs and lows of your life in 1995. Are you younger people in 2000 to 2005? Do you really remember them anymore? Sure, there's some things we might remember, but most of it, it's gone, right? It's gone. They're not, it's not around anymore. Not even the thought of it. Teach, to teach. Who have been teachers in your life? Let's just think of that. Think of some in your head right now. Who are some people that taught you? Well, first and foremost, it should be our God. He gives us his instruction manual. Everything's right here that we need to know. Everything. He didn't leave a single thing out. Can you imagine? God didn't leave a single thing out. He covered all the bases. Our parents were teachers. Our grandparents, clergy, pastors, ministers. Of course, school teachers. Friends are teachers. Did you know that? Friends are teaching you who you associate with. Coaches, club advisors, club leaders, your boss, your mate, TV, radio, movies, books, social media, all teachers, right? All teachers. They're all giving us something. In 1 Corinthians 2, it says, We have not received the spirit of the world. We have not received the spirit of the world. We did for a long, long time, didn't we? All of us, before we put our faith in Jesus. We learn from the spirit of the world. But the spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is what we speak. Not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The natural man, the natural man is you and I before Christ, natural woman, natural teen, natural boy and girl, is that individual before they developed a relationship and received Christ as their Lord and Savior. They're a natural human being. But notice, they don't accept the things that come from God. For they are foolishness to them, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. You can't understand something spiritually unless you have spiritual eyes, a spiritual heart. That's why it doesn't make sense to people. But God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. And when you believe in God's son, you start to read his word. And his word opens up your eyes. So now you start understanding things that before you didn't even knew exist. In Colossians 1.16 it says, For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Did you know that? That everything created was by God and for God. 
Yet things aren't used for his glory. They're misused. And that is by the natural person. And even though you might be a follower of Christ, you still fall, you still sin, and then you become natural for that time. But Jesus is intervening. He's giving you his Holy Spirit to come alongside you, to help you, to comfort you, to help you on this journey before we meet him face to face one day. Because that will happen to everybody. Both the natural person and the person who has put their trust in Christ. Ephesians 6.12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But we have one who has lived here, has gone off to be in the heavens, to sit at the right hand of the Father, Jesus Christ. And all angels and authorities are subject to him. We don't see that yet in this world, this natural world. History, his story is still playing out. One day we're going to see everything, everyone will be in subjection to Jesus. Where every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess, Jesus, you are Lord. You are the King of kings. One day everybody will say that. Our prayer is always that on this side of eternity, you say it here, willingly, with an open heart and love for your Creator. Romans 12, verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That renewing is a cleansing, is a washing, is being refreshed by God's word. And why? So that you can prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. There's a will of God and there's a will of man. At odds all the time. You know that. I know that. I've been at odds with God. I made myself a God. I could control my circumstances. Good luck with that one, right? Oh my goodness. Just experience and time shows you that's a foolish statement that I can control things. The smallest germ can knock me out and I don't even see it. There's only one God. John 16, 13 says, How be it then, the spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you all things. And that's speaking of the Holy Spirit that God sent us when Jesus was taken to be at the right hand of the Father. Then the Holy Spirit was sent to us to show us the things of the Father and the Son. The Holy Spirit dwells within the believer to allow us to understand the things that are being said. He's teaching us those things. He's showing us that there is a number to our days. 
some shorter, some longer. But he's in control of that. It's not a surprise to him. One of the things that's got to happen, that has to happen, in order for any of this to take place is what Peter's or Acts 2.38 says, when Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus for the remissions of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, can't dwell within anybody until first that individual person realizes that they've been doing their own thing, going in their own direction, trying to figure out their own things, trying to control their circumstances, which they can't do. As a coach, if I could control all my circumstances, I'd be in the NBA Hall of Fame. I would have never lost a game. They would have never scored one point against my team if I could really, really control circumstances. fat chance to that, right? That's not, it didn't happen. <laughs> didn't happen. So I gotta let that go. I can't be looking back at that. I can't dwell on that too long. So I, I gotta go this way. I gotta press on. I gotta keep moving forward. So there's a repentance. And a repentance is this. I'm going in one direction. I gotta turn and go in the other direction. Now what direction was I going in? I was following my own desires, my, own, my heart, my feelings. I was doing my own thing. Sometimes it was okay, but that's not the point. It was a rebellious heart that wanted to do its own things and not God's things. So as I was following and God allowed these circumstances in my life and I could see all this stuff happening, and I'm, you know, it's like the guy who hits himself in the head with the hammer. Hey, Vin, why do you keep hitting yourself in the head with the hammer? Oh, man, it feels so good when I stop. But sooner or later, hopefully you understand, you don't keep doing that. You turn and move away from that and you head towards God. The God who created you, the God who made you, the God who is with you through all the trials, through all the tribulations, through all the hurts, through all the aches, through all the good times, through all the super times. Colossians 2, 10 to 15 just read a portion it says and ye are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power do you feel complete today do you feel complete in your heart in your spirit and if you don't there is a reason for that for so long so long relationships sports uh coaching working I try to make myself complete in these things. Doesn't make it. Doesn't measure up. There's only a completeness is when you find your completeness in him and you find your rest in Jesus Christ. That's why he came. All this is so temporary. The eternal is right on our doorstep. It's right there. You know, we're all going to enter it sometime. It's right there. So teach us, Lord, to number our days and that we may get a heart of wisdom. 
The Bible says before Christ, the heart is wicked and evil. It wants to do things contrary to God's will. But when our, we accept Jesus into our heart, he starts changing our heart from the inside out. And he gives us that heart of wisdom. He gives us that healthy respect of him and who he is. And we live in awe of him. John 3, 3 to 8. Jesus answered and said to this religious leader, this rabbi, he says to him, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but can't tell where it's coming from and where it goes. So is everyone who's born of the Spirit. You know, we were all born of water. We were all born from our mother's womb when the water burst. A baby is born. You were born. I was born. So we're all born that way, but we're not all born of the Spirit till we make a conscious decision. You see, I had nothing to do with my birth. I didn't help my mom. Probably kicked her a few times knowing me. Right? Probably turned sideways knowing me. But my mom had a part in giving me birth, and God allowed that birth to take place. So it is with being born of the Spirit. It's nothing you do. God has done it at the cross by shedding His blood for your sins and my sins. Then He rose from the dead to give us new life that if we believe in Him, He comes in us through His Holy Spirit by a willful action on our part, but He's done it all. We just have to have faith in what Jesus has done. Ephesians 2 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. For grace, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not our faith conjuring up, I believe, I believe, I believe. No. It's the object of your faith. Jesus Christ, he's done it all. He's the one that saved us. He's the one that will take us home. He's the one that indwells us through his Holy Spirit to allow us to live a life contrary to what the natural person lives. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not a result of works. So no one can boast about it. All the credit goes to him, right? It's all him. It's nothing to do with me. You and I are vehicles that have submitted our hearts to him. And then he just works. Do we still have decisions to make? Yes. Do we still have a free will to go contrary to those things God shows us? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does he forgive us when we ask him to? Yes. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all 
unrighteousness. John 4.24 says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. You see, unless the Holy Spirit lives in you, unless you've been born again, you really can't connect. There's a disconnect. In Luke 9, 28, 36, uh, 28 to 36, just a portion again. And it came to pass about eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and he went up to the mountain to pray. We know that as a Mount of Transfiguration where Moses and Elijah, along with Jesus, were in the presence of those three guys, Peter, John, and James. When you have a relationship with Jesus... Jesus brings you to places that you've never been before. You hear things, you see things that you've never been exposed to before. Because he puts you on that great adventure with him. Matthew Henry says, a year when it is past is like a tale when it is told. Some of our years are as a pleasant story. Others as a tragic one. Most are mixed, but all short and transient. That which was long in the doing may be told in a very short time. He also goes on to say, look back over the years. Your account of them is fast compared to the living of them. You may have pleasant highlights or tragic memories, but your telling of that tale is quick compared to the actual event. How true is that? In comparison to heaven, what will the account of our whole life be like? In comparison to heaven, what will the account of our whole life be like? It's a drop in the bucket, right? It's a drop in the bucket. What is it going to take for you, for me, to really understand and here's what it comes down to. In Luke 16, 31, And he said to him, If they do not listen to Moses, nor the prophets, they will not be persuaded, even if someone rises from the dead. There could be a person right here, right now, dead, that rises from the dead, and some people wouldn't even believe if that took place. What does it take? It takes a moving of God's Holy Spirit. It takes God's grace and His mercy to touch a heart, to open up eyes, right? It's happened to many of you. happened to me. It's up to Him to do that. I don't know if you've ever heard the saying, get your house in order. I'd like to say to you today, get your heart in order. Get your heart in order. Is it in the right order? Is it where it should be in your relationship with the Lord? Today is a day of salvation, the scripture says. Why wait until tomorrow when there's no guarantee? Right? Think about it. There's no guarantee for tomorrow. As the Bible says today, if you hear his voice, don't reject him, embrace him. He loves you. He cares for you so much. 
more than we could ever teach it. It's a supernatural love. You're a new creature in Christ, or you can be. The old is gone, the new is here. What do you and I want to do as we enter 2019? Because we know if the Lord tarries, and some of us are here in 2050, what will be the concerns as we look back and say, hey, do you remember your good and bad of 2019? I don't think you will. What really matters is that relationship you and I have with Jesus. I want to close on just these thoughts about the natural man and the spiritual man, or the natural person and the spiritual person, in case we have any politicians in here. The natural person has not received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. The natural man can't understand the things of the Spirit for their, he just doesn't understand them. They're sometimes foolishness to him. They operate on human wisdom. They've been taught by the wisdom of man. The Holy Spirit doesn't teach the natural person because he's not in them. They can't understand spiritual truth. It doesn't make any sense. They say, how can someone who lived 2,000 years ago have an impact on how I live today? However, think about that statement. Think about teachers and philosophers and religious figures, scientists, doctors, etc., whose discoveries and beliefs are still around today, even though they aren't. We still use what they've given us. The natural person doesn't receive or understand the Bible. The natural person doesn't have the proper equipment. Unsaved people can't see what saved people see. You know, you need a telescope to help to understand and study the stars and see them up close. You need a microscope to understand and study germs. You need a dictionary to help you understand some words. You need a flashlight to help you see in the dark. Well, you need the Holy Spirit to help you understand the Bible. Be like a blind person judging an art contest or a deaf person listening to a concert. There have been brilliant people that have read the Bible probably more times than I have. But spiritually, it doesn't connect. Many sincere and educated people admire the Bible as literature and extol it as its moral teachings. But they miss the real spiritual message of the Bible, that salvation is only through the person of Jesus Christ. Think it's chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis and chapter 22 of Revelation that talk about all the, like, no sin, like everything's good. But all those other chapters of all those 66 books talk about God's plan of redemption for the human race that messed everything up. Isn't that wild? That God's Bible, his love book, tells us everything from the fall of man 
to the salvation of man through Jesus. The natural person misses the purpose. They see Jesus as a wonderful teacher or example. But Paul wrote in 1 Timothy 1.15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. There's a spiritual blindness that the natural person has. But the spiritual man, spiritual person, is led by the Holy Spirit. Those who are spiritual discern all things and they are themselves subjects to no one else's scrutiny. The Bible tells us to be filled with the Spirit. The works of the flesh are very evident. The works of the natural person are very evident. It's in Galatians 5. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, (coughs) sorcery, hatred, contentions, (coughs) excuse me, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, (coughs) heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the spiritual man, in Galatians 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another or envying envying one another. The Rolling Stones are on tour. I think they're in their 70s, right? Early 80s. One of their hit songs, Time, is on my side. Nah, I don't think so. Just have to check out the Rolling Stones. It's not on their side. And they still can't get no satisfaction. (laughs) But you know what? If you're a believer in Jesus, time is on your side. We have all eternity. If you don't know Jesus, time isn't on your side. And the only one way to get satisfaction is by putting your trust in Him. I want to finish with the slides. I'm going to ask Pastor Paul and the team to come on up. Moses wrote Psalm 50 as a prayer, or Psalm 90 as a prayer while they were in the wilderness, in the desert. Remember that there was one, two million people that he led out of Egypt, but almost a million died in the desert. All the older people died because of their rebelliousness against God. That wilderness experience was something that was real. It was real. And their children moved into the promised land. And this is a prayer of Moses, both for the people that were going to die in the wilderness and the children that would go on into the promised land that they would never forget who God was and what he did 
in delivering them from the Egyptian slavery. They say about 15,000 people died annually in that desert. Think about that. 15,000 people a year. That's over 1,000 people a month. Think about that. In that desert. Yet, the young people survived. They were the ones that were that God allowed into the promised land. We have young people here, and when I say young, I'm saying the teens, the, the young adults. That dash between the year of birth and the year of death, what is that dash going to be filled with? Is it going to be filled with a roller coaster ride with the Lord? Or is it going to be with a pushing forward, pressing ahead, living every day, dependent on the Lord? Teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we may grow in wisdom. How important is that? How real is that? You are not your mistakes. No one in here or up there is a mistake. Nobody. God knew you before you were born. He touched you before your mom and dad were even born. He knew. You are not your mistakes. Let go of your past and live your life for God. God can restore what is broken. Those things that it's, you can't shake from your memory, even though it might have been a long time ago. He can fix it. He can change it and make it into something amazing. All you need to do is place that trust in the person of Jesus Christ. And then, anybody, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things are gone. You don't have to look back at them anymore. All things have become new. You press on with the Lord. How about you? You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening and may God bless you. Let the